0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Marked for Eternity podcast, where we bring you biblical truth on topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. This episode is made possible by the Ultra Global Partners. To find out more information about the Ultra Global, please go to thealtraglobal.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here are your hosts, Jeremiah and Paul Johnson.
1: Welcome to the Mark for Eternity podcast. This is one of your hosts Jeremiah Johnson and I have here with me.
2: Hey guys what's going on this is Paul.
1: Paul it's so good to have you back in the studio. I know that we've had several different uh, podcasts where we've interviewed different guests from around the nation. I really enjoyed having Barry and Diane Nichols here. Had some great conversation about healthy marriage and parenting. If you're listening today I want to encourage you to Perhaps go back and listen to some of the recent uh, podcasts as we're uh, continuing to uh, go after some of these topics. Paul, as you're here uh, in the studio today, we wanted to talk a little bit about the fatherhood of God. Uh, you recently taught at our men's Bible study here at the Ark Fellowship. Really powerful time, and I wanted to uh, ask you if you could give us a little bit of a biblical foundation for the fatherhood of God and share some of what's on your heart today.
2: Yeah, Jeremiah. So we'll just dive right in this morning. Um, Jesus came to reveal the father. So Jesus is the revelation of God in Colossians one. He is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. Uh, Jesus has this encounter in John 14 which I'll read, which I think lays out pretty plainly when we talk about the fatherhood of God, we have to look at the life of Jesus because Jesus was God in the flesh and he manifested and revealed the father in everything that he said and everything that he did. So even if you look at the life of Jesus in its entirety from his uh, birth, his humble beginnings, speaks to us something of the father, his uh, childhood, what we see of it, His uh, ministry, His death, His resurrection, ascension, all of this speaks to us of the character and nature of God our Father. So, He has this conversation with the disciples in John 14, in verse 7, He tells them, If you had known Me, you would have known My Father also. From now on, you know Him, and you've seen Him. Now, Philip asks Him this curious question. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Jesus says, Have I been so long with you, and yet you've not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How do you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father, abiding in me, does his works. So we see clearly that Christ came to reveal the father. Now, when uh, Philip asks, hey, show us the father, it's kind of a funny question, but it would be like if you ask somebody, hey, show me your character. Well, you can't necessarily do that. Character is something that you demonstrate, that you manifest. So Jesus is wanting the disciples and namely Philip to understand, I've revealed the father to you. I've shown him to you. He's abiding in me and I in him. His works are being manifested through me. We understand also from John's gospel that Jesus said nothing of his own initiative. He did nothing of his own initiative. He was constantly manifesting and demonstrating the fatherhood of God to us. So we grow to learn in our Christian journey. God wants us to know that he's a father, that he's a good father, and that before even God was a creator, he was a father. So his fatherhood is eternal before the foundation of the world. You had God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit as a Trinity, as a family, um, as the, the God three in one eternally existing before all things. And so God, the father, and understanding that God isn't just God, but that he wants us to know him as father, that the father wants to be known. He wants us to journey into his heart. So it was A.W. Tozer who said that the most important thing about you is what you think of initially or firstly when you think of God. So that brings into light our concept or our idea. What do you think of when you think of God? While you're sitting here listening, I'm talking about Jesus revealing the Father. It's hard not to hear the word Father and not think of your own Father, not think of your own journey, your own family, All of these words uh, they can actually become triggers for us, and um, therein lies the the journey is to see God for who Jesus revealed Him to be, and not just for uh, our perception of Him or who we want Him to be or who our father was. I think about Doctor Joe Davis says you either worship a God of revelation or a God of imagination, and so we either worship a God of revelation revealed in the Scriptures we worship a God of imagination, and unfortunately, we have a lot of imaginations about God, either good or bad. We have serious misconceptions of who God is as Father. So, I had this encounter with the Lord, um, this was back in 2018, when uh, the greatest upset in college basketball history happened, when UMBC, they were a 16-seed Defeated number one, Virginia. They beat them 74 to 54. It was this incredible upset. UMBC is the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Like no one knew who they are. We've already forgotten who they are, but they pulled this amazing upset. They beat Virginia and beat them badly. Like 25% of people thought that Virginia was going to win the entire tournament. Number one seed overall. Crazy upset. I have this encounter with God while watching this basketball game, there goes your religious boxes. I can hear them breaking. have this encounter and the coach Ryan Odom says after the game in the interview, his team has just had the ultimate victory and success. Nobody picked them to win. And he makes this comment that he's excited that they won. And he says, when I get back to my hotel room and I call my dad, he'll tell me everything I did wrong. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment This is how people see me as someone who is nitpicking, criticizing, uh, keeping score, uh, making an intense track record of your failures, holding them against you. That's not true. That's not the father that Jesus represented and manifested to us. But that's a father that we imagine that we've projected onto him as those experiences and those concepts of God, so before I lay out uh, quite a few misconceptions of God the Father Jeremiah, I want to just give you an opportunity to comment on how you have seen in your own journey or personally or in the body how misconceptions of God as Father are damaging or hurtful or lead people astray. Have you seen that?
1: Yeah, as you were talking, I was actually thinking about Darth Vader when he said to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> yeah, I think that we're all on a on a search to uh, know God as Father. And obviously, uh, you know, just even the funny example of uh, Luke and, and Darth Vader, you know, there's always like this sense of, you know, searching out your own earthly father. I've always been intrigued even in uh, situations of earthly adoptions. I've uh, known a lot of individuals who were adopted by great parents, but even uh, there's some kind of ache in them that still wants to try to find mm-hmm. their natural father or their birth father or their birth parent. So I think innate in us, obviously, God, our Father, and our Creator has uh, put something inside of us uh, that wants to know Him, and He's given us His Son, Jesus, as you mentioned there in John 14, to Reveal him to us, and then the Holy Spirit uh, guides us into all truth. So, I, uh, you know, just have been on a, a lifelong journey, and, you know, due to some of the counseling and ministry that I've done, I've, I recognize a lot of our root issues, a lot of our questions, a lot of even the way that we talk and act in Christianity all goes back to our revelation of God and oftentimes our, our search in our own natural lives to try to work through our existing, uh, father wounds. And, you know, you, you mentioned a little bit too about, you know, religion or the religious spirit. I, 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 forget who it was, but one, one individual said you either demonize your fathers or you deify them. And, uh, you know, I've, I've met people who really grew up in a horrible home and the term father is very hard for them to grasp because of the devastation that their earthly father brought to them. But Then I've also met a a lot of Christians who I would characterize as religious or grew up in religious homes who have deified their fathers. He was a pastor, and and really what that means is they think their dad was so good that even God couldn't be that good. And so, there's actually a form of idolatry there uh, that has to be torn down, that's so religious in nature that I believe hinders them even from knowing uh, God their father. So those are some of the thoughts that i'm I'm having uh, as as we uh, as we dive into this.
2: Yeah, it makes me think of something that our dad pops has said that unless you know the fatherhood of God, you just read the Bible as good Christian truth. And I think that understanding God as Father, it turns theories into realities, it applies truth as a concept or a principle, and actually impresses it upon our soul and spirit where we become conformed to the image of Jesus. So the fatherhood of God is not something that is so lofty, it's, it can't be grasped. It's, it's personal, it's tangible. It's transformational when you understand that God isn't just God, but that he's father and he wants to father us and he wants to have an active role and he desires to love and show us grace and mercy and to discipline us and to, to disillusion us with truth and to uh, cause us to be holy and righteous from a place of a love encounter with him rather than just legalistically following the rules Um, I love what uh, one guy, his name is Gearhart. He says that uh, legalism doesn't go um, really fully deep into God. What it does is legalism teaches you to obey, but not adore. And so adoration comes when you learn God as father, that he's fathering us, that, you know, even singing worship songs about the beauty of God, uh, the majesty of God, uh, that, that, that is an invitation into the father heart of God. And I think about going from what is um, a theory and into reality is as, as to what actually touches you and makes a difference in how you think and feel and speak and act. Um, if you take just Ephesians one, for example, this very rich, just the, the, the passage is exploding where we learn that as a result of Christ's work, that we stand before the Father, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, we've been chosen for himself before the foundation of the world, that we're holy, that we're blameless, that in love he predestined us as adoption, uh, sons and daughters, that we've been redeemed through his blood, we are forgiven of our trespasses, he's lavished his grace upon us, and it's like you can read that as disjointed concepts and and get lost, just trying to apply them and make them real. And I think understanding that God is a father, that he's a relational God, and that he wants to walk with us and talk with us and teach us and train us just the way that uh, maybe our earthly father did or didn't, uh, that God the father comes to fill in all those gaps. And so essentially, uh, the Lord himself has to reparent all of us, like you said, whether good or bad and bring us into the knowledge of the truth, and that's how we grow up in maturity. You know, you can't grow into maturity without a father. Uh, um, You will, but you'll go into it with brokenness and sin, so it takes a father to call a boy into manhood, and to call him up higher, and so God the Father is uh, absent largely in the church, and that's why we're so immature, and I think even uh, my perception of a lot of the the Spirit-filled church, is that even we look at the Holy Spirit and we have reduced the Holy Spirit to tongues and prophecy and miracles. When, if you take Romans 8, for example, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of adoption. He's the Spirit who makes sons. He's the Spirit who reveals God the Father to us. So the Holy Spirit has an active role. It says that, that His Spirit within us bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So, the Holy Ghost has a role of verifying and calling out our identity, "Hey, you belong to God," and that's a powerful work, even when we think about an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We pray for signs and wonders and miracles and demonstrations of power, and yet the Holy Spirit being poured out romans five five is the love of God as well being poured into our hearts, transforming us, calling us higher, leading us out of orphanhood into sonship. I like to say that orphans achieve. Sons receive. So we're learning to receive. We're learning to accept. We're learning to believe—not just to know, but to believe the love that God has for us as a good father.
1: Yeah, Paul. I think that you know, on our journey of knowing the Father, the Word of God is so powerful as an aid to us on the journey. You know, I think that even you're—I don't even know if people are realizing your quoting reading through the book of ephesians i know in my own journey i mean we know that the father is revealed in the person of jesus we know that the word of god leads us into re- a revelation of the father so outside of christ jesus leading us to the father outside of the word of god giving us knowledge of who the father is what are what are some of your perceptions i mean i know that we're you know, going to get to misconceptions that people have of God the Father, but what kind of role do earthly fathers, or spiritual fathers, or father figures play um, in people's perception of God the Father?
2: Yeah, so that picture, your experience with your earthly father, and I would add your mother to your parents, um, your experience with your parents, with your earthly father, has everything to do with how you view. God, the father, even the word father innately brings up our father. I mean, if you think about father's day, I love to wish God a happy father's day, not just on father's day, but every day that the father's a good father. i like to thank him for fathering me well, but how your dad, your mom, your, your parental experience, your home life growing up, your childhood has a massive influence because it, it's it's where we get wounded, it's where we get healed, it's where we grow, it's where we learn. We as uh, boys, you grow up and you look to your dad and you're looking to him and you're asking him without asking him, tell me what it means to be a man. So if you take someone who grew up in a home whose father never cried, or they never saw their dad cry, or who expressed anger freely or recklessly, and then you tell them about a God who uh, mercy triumphs over judgment and he loves you. And he's pleased with you that there's a blockage there because there's a lack of experience. There's an inability to relate or to apply or just to receive that. Hey, I love Misty Edwards song from, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. He's not like your father. He's not like your father. He's a, he's a good father. And then you say, well, I had a good dad. Well, you talked about deifying your dad, or you can turn God into a pushover, Where God just is gonna give you whatever you want, and then you can get mad when your father, God, um, you know, when things don't work out, or you run into a roadblock, or you experience suffering, and your parents just work to eliminate all the possible challenges that you could face. And then here's God wanting to grow you through your challenges. So there's a lot that we could say there, but yes, and, and I would add too that if you're listening to this and you know you have a father wound, you are going to have to work through it. You're going to have to do the hard work of counseling, of acknowledging, of praying, of repenting, of seeking the Lord. You're going to have to work through it and get through it in order to receive God as Father the way that Jesus represented Him, which is fully and thoroughly and accurately the revelation of what God is like, how He thinks, how He feels, what He hates, what He loves, all of that is revealed through Jesus Christ and we miss it and our perception of it gets skewed when we lack experience. If you grew up in a home where there wasn't love and affection and you read the, the uh, Luke 15 about the prodigal son and the father runs out and sees him from a long way off and hugs him and kisses him, the Greek reads, he kept kissing him, he's kissing him, he's fell on his neck, he's embracing him, it's like, you start to feel uncomfortable, if your dad never hugged you, I mean, how many guys we know, my dad never said, I love you, he wasn't at any of my games, uh, never said, I'm proud of you, that leaves a scar and a wound, but I also want to encourage you to take heart, and hope in, that if you become a father yourself, You have an opportunity to do it differently. And there's a lot of redemption and a lot of healing in that where you make an effort to say the wounds that I'm walking with, I don't want my children to know anything of these wounds. And so I know like for our dad, his story was, his father was, was abusive, was harsh and cruel and mean. And, um, he basically had to do with us the opposite. He, he, you know, his dad was never at his games, so he knew. Well, there's a longing in my heart for my dad to show up. So, dad was at all of our games. Literally, never missed one. A wrestling match, football game, baseball, nothing. He was there to support us. He was the loudest one in the stands. He was, he was vocal in that way. He's a passionate lion. I mean, I think about this morning. I was really touched, Jeremiah, because in teaching um, the fatherhood of God this morning, and and, and pops is sitting there struggling in his health journey but he wants to show up and he wants to be there and then the thought occurs to me just from a generational perspective of healing he's sitting there with a five inch scar a knife wound from where his father stabbed him in his chest and i'm up here as his son teaching the fatherhood of god i mean that's a drastic dramatic shift that is because of the love of god because of the fatherhood of god where the Lord can turn things around for you. So if you have a father wound, this isn't just to say, hey, you need healing and you're way behind the line. It's to call you higher to help you see it so that you don't repeat the same mistakes and really to walk with God in truth rather than just who you want him to be or need him to be like some people need God to be angry with them because their father was angry and it motivates them and God wants us to be motivated from a place of love rather than fearing his wrath.
1: Yeah, Paul, I think that's so good. I'm just even sensing prophetically that there are many people who tuned in today uh, to receive healing from father wounds. Uh, And like you said so pointedly, I think it's more than just feeling like, man, there's a gap. I think that there's an opportunity here to break cycles and overcome generational curses and you know, just because your father was the way that he was doesn't mean that uh, you have to repeat the cycle. So, um, Paul, we'll go ahead and, and close uh, the podcast for today and uh, just want to encourage those of you listening As if God is stirring something in you about the fatherhood of God, we've talked about it, kind of built a, a, a biblical uh, foundation for it and uh, scripture is full of references to the fatherhood of God. And then, you know, we know that Jesus came to reveal the father. So there's definitely a scriptural basis for it. And then an experiential in terms of Christ talking about it, but yet there, there are still so many of us good dads, bad dads, AWOL dads. I mean, all sorts of dads out there, um, who today God is saying, I want to heal you. I want to bring restoration and reconciliation so that Uh, you might bring an impact to the world around you. So, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the listeners. Lord, thank you for the journey. Even Paul and I have been on as brothers uh, with an earthly father, Lord, who was uh, just uh, grew up in in a horrible home. And, Lord, you uh, brought deliverance and healing. It it was a process. Just uh, pray, Father, for those listening today, Lord, that we wouldn't be too hard on ourselves or that we wouldn't be riddled with guilt and shame and condemnation. But Father, thank you that you just reach out your hand to us and walk with us. Even if it's just baby steps, I just really hear that in my heart. For some somebody listening, uh, you've, you've been sexually abused. And I really just feel like the Lord is saying just baby steps, just just one one little foot in front of the other is going to get you on your healing journey. Thanks for listening today, Paul. Thanks for coming in. We look forward to being with you all next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast as we seek to bring biblical truth to this generation regarding topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. We want to give a special thank you to our Ultra Global partners who make it possible for us to release fresh content such as this in order to train and equip the body of Christ around the world. If you were blessed by this episode, make sure to go to theultraglobal.com forward slash podcast to listen to current and past episodes. God bless and thank you for listening.